Those Two Jerks is brought to you in part by Maverick Group, Maverick Group Experiential Technology. Need some nerds? Let's build something awesome together. Maverick. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Those Two Jerks, episode 136. I am your host, the Tom Alexander. And joining me as always is the Sussman, Rick Sussman. Hi, Rick. Well, hello, Tom. Thank you for acknowledging my presence. Well, I acknowledge it's your either, presence. It's either I acknowledge your presence or it's just me talking to a wall. So I imagine there's an argument to be made that that would be regardless. Well, you're, it is kind of like having a discussion with a wall when I discuss things with you, but yeah, talking yeah. to a wall is different, yeah. I suppose. No, no, this this is definitely not hurting my feelings at all. So how hey, are you? Tom? You opened yourself up to it, pal. I feel I can make an argument against this, but I'm just spinning my wheels. Yeah, sounds about <sighs> right. That should actually, that should be the title of your autobiography. I'm just spinning my wheels by Rick Sussman. <laughs> yeah. I'm just here to get a paycheck by Frederick by, Sussman. By, by Frederick Sussman as told to. <laughs> wait, wait, I, I can't. I can't even do this on my own. <laughs> no, it's not about can't. It's about it's about laziness more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a bastard. <laughs> I can type. <laughs> I know you can type. It's a matter of I have a to. speaking spell. Oh, yeah. So did ET. Well, you know, if they released it today, one of the highest grossing films of all time. True. I have no idea where we're going with this. We should probably get away. We never do it's... know. We never know. <laughs> I'm but, just uh... got away from us so fast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just getting away from us faster and faster every week. <laughs> well, like, um, you, we, we, we joke about it. We mentioned it. I have a, a wrestling-based podcast with our buddy Jesse who did our you have, awesome you have new logo. no less than seven wrestling-based podcasts. It, well, <laughs> you know, it depends on the week. <laughs> but um, I told you, like, we just threw out the entire idea of a, um, of a rundown with him and I and it's just us yelling at a computer yeah it explains a lot actually well, that's just me <laughs> that's just mean spirited that's <clears throat> just observation I suppose well I observed that it's Sunday April the 15th hey look at you look at you getting us back on the rails listen it's it's interesting. this just... is an interesting role reversal here <laughs> 90 minutes of us just yelling at each other then in which case sense. that is just our friendship well not i much mean of a show. that was that was the idea for this show initially <laughs> was yeah you know it's funny when we go have beers and argue about stuff so <laughs> let's record it it's really tragically accurate <laughs> that is that's where the name of the show came from yeah, that's true. Because I always felt like whenever we would get get slightly loud, I would feel like everyone in the tables near us would say, I wish those two jerks would just shut up. And and now you know the story, everybody. There you and go. Now you, now you know where it came from. I hope you all enjoyed <clears throat> that, uh, <clears throat> whatever this is. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. Thank you. Thank you. That's, um, oh, I, I know that guy. He, uh, Paul oh, Harvey? What's his name? No, no, it was somebody interesting. No, no, it was Paul Harvey. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, as Rick said, it's April 15th. It is Jackie Robinson Day, actually. 
in no. Major League Baseball. So everyone who's playing in games today is going to be wearing 42 in honor of Jackie Robinson. Something I always found to be very cool, but just they didn't. I know this is going to sound like kind of weird, but I always felt like they didn't do enough for Jackie. I just I don't know. I just well, felt the like thing. Could... when it first started uh, in the, on the 50th anniversary in 97, mm-hmm. only players who wanted to wore 42. And then it got like so many of them were doing it that it was like, oh, just everybody do it. That one day everyone wears 42. Because now no one wears it because it's retired all across the league. Yeah, no, that's true. I didn't think of that. That's a good point. I forgot that that the hammer of God retired as well. Yeah, he was the last one to wear it. The holdout. Well, not the holdout. It was everyone who was currently wearing it when they retired it was grandfathered in. So it was like, all right, you guys can continue to wear it, but once all you guys are done, that's it. No one's wearing it again. And he was the so you're the saying one he's bigger than Jackie Ma- Mario no. Ramiro. <laughs> no, I'm not I saying. Can't that. Even get it out. No, you can't. You can't even. Get, I'm not allowing it. I'm just not gonna even. <laughs> we're not going down that road at all. <laughs> at least not for another ten minutes. All right, fair enough. <laughs> well, Tom, we, we probably should start talking about other things than, you know, yes. retired baseball jerseys. Well, it's funny because I, you know how I know it's Jackie Robinson Day? Because I got an email from Fanatics saying, buy your special Jackie Robinson Day jerseys. <laughs> how do you because, feel about that? I'm terrible, actually. I think that's, it, but it's typical for baseball at this point, but uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it suck? Wait, no, like. I mean, because it's all about it's all about the marketing now. It's like instead of, okay, we use pink bats and stuff in May for breast cancer awareness for Mother's Day. But really, it's so we can sell alternate merchandise. And. Granted, a portion of those proceeds supposedly go to breast cancer research, but how much? How much does it go to research, though, or does it go to awareness? It goes to the Susan G. Komen Foundation, which does both awareness and research. All right. So, well, I'm whatever. As as I've gotten a little bit more, you know, in tune with with the whole fundraising concept and ideas, what with the MS walk and everything, you know, there's a difference between raising money to help find a cure and raising money to help make yes. people aware. Absolutely. Absolutely there is, which is why it kind of upsets me when it's like, yeah, some of the proceeds go how much? Like like yeah, what? How much a is nickel? Some? What a is nickel some? from every pink hat you sell? <laughs> like really how much is that going to help explain to me what some means right exactly well that's that was why i got so upset about the ice bucket challenge and why i'm angry about this new hot pepper challenge that they're doing for als too because it's oh we're raising awareness yeah like okay great we know about it but then what like that well, doesn't help but, anyone who's got it but but the the they have Unless the story is BS, and God knows it could be. They have said that due to the ice bucket challenge, they were able to make a major breakthrough in the ALS research. Maybe. So. I mean, that's that's thanks to some of the people who actually donated money instead of just, oh, I'm going to dump ice on my head and challenge three people to do the same thing online because it's what everyone's doing. Right, like, but I'm Tom... Gonna, let's make a Harlem Shake video and hope that somebody cures a terrible disease. But... But getting people to believe or do or follow suit is basically the American dream. So I don't know why you're complaining. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. 
There's so many reasons, I suppose. <laughs> well, we're not to that part of the show yet. We no. are to a part of the show, though, that I like to call, I'm never wrong. Why do you not believe me? Uh, okay. <laughs> and I will explain why you are, you're not not wrong yet. <laughs> I'm mostly right here. <laughs> you are partially correct. We'll oh, go with that. He's such a bastard. He's <laughs> such a bastard. So, you are entirely incorrect, which I guess makes you a no. I'm not, correct. and I'll I'll explain why. So on last week's show, we told you about the new Alliance of American Football, the new uh, professional football league that's going to launch next year. Its first franchise, uh, first announced franchise, is in Orlando, and it will be coached by Steve Spurrier. And so on last week's show, Rick posited the theory that <laughs> Tim <laughs> <Wow>. Tebow. <laughs> that Tim Tebow would end up playing quarterback for this new Orlando football team. And Chris and I both agreed that they would want him to, but I said, I don't think he ends up doing it. So this is why Rick, you are partially correct. Uh, <clears throat> and I went back and I listened to that and I, I said that they want him to be, by the way. So you didn't say he would be. No, I said they wanted him. Okay. Well, you were correct in that because in an interview, not actually the day before our show was released, Steve Spurrier said, of course he would want Tim Tebow to come play football for the Orlando team. Um, but he also said, uh, he think he's pretty busy with baseball right now and, uh, probably won't be coming. And, you know, Tebow is a, you know, a star of double A <laughs> baseball right now playing for the, uh, the Binghamton, New York rumble ponies. Yes, that's their actual name. I love that that's their name. The Rumble Ponies. The Rumble uh, Ponies. You got you got to watch out for them Rumble Ponies. It's like a bad um mm. what, what was that? Wow, oh, what is the Jets and the and the Sharks? Yeah, West Side Story. There you go, the Rumble. Rumble, the Rumble Ponies. Nice. I I still think that they definitely want Tebow to of be the quarterback and I and I also think and this is where I I'm not correct yet that Tebow <laughs> wants to be too. You think he wants to come play here? You think he wants mm -hmm. to come play football? I, yes. I don't know about that. I think he's spent so much time now on this baseball thing. I don't think he's interested in going back to play football unless he gets cut. If he gets cut from baseball, then absolutely he's going to wind up playing football for this team. But until that happens, um, I, don't, I don't think he's going to wind up playing for them. Um, you know, he's in double A, so he was promoted in the minors and, uh, I would lay pretty heavy odds that he's going to get called up by the Mets in September because they're going to need to sell tickets. Um, well, you say that, but, uh, if you could pull up your handy dandy yes, internet, machine. I'm aware of their record right now, Rick, are you aware of the best record in baseball? Are you, Tom? are you aware of the month of the year it is? I don't care what you're talking about right now. All I <laughs> because know... this is historically when they do the best. Well, there is an old theorem about Major League Baseball. The more games you win in a certain month are the less games you have to win in a different month, right? <laughs> yeah, except it doesn't quite work out that way for the Mets generally. Just you know what? With the naysaying. Just shut up. With what? The it's not it's not anything you wouldn't be doing if I didn't do it first. They are, they are last checked, 
10 and one or yeah. 12 and two or something. They're, yeah. They're, they're doing very, very well. They started out nine and one uh, this year. I, and I think they ended up, I think you're right. They ended up 10 and one. They were, they won like 10 in a row, um, which is pretty cool for. Yeah. All right. Fan. Good. But again, it's but April. What? It's April. That's all. I'm just saying it's April. They're 11 and two right now. That that's really good. Uh, not the best record in baseball though. Oh no! Somebody's still uh, the oh, uh, still... Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Orange County, California, are <laughs> are thirteen and three, and uh, the Boston Red Sox are twelve and two. But if I uh, well, all right. See, I always uh, I'm I always go by the least amount of losses personally, but that's fine. well, two two is the least amount of losses. They are tied with two one other team for that. Right. So the thirteen and three team, I technically would consider to be not as good. But it, it it's 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 splitting hairs in the early month of April. I uh-huh. probably yeah. will have different yeah. feelings we're about, about this two later weeks. On. We're two weeks into the season. It's two a weeks. long two weeks, Tom. Very <laughs> good two weeks. <laughs> it's been Fair a good. Enough. Everyone's still healthy right now. That's why everyone's still healthy. It's been a good two weeks. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Rick, while this is not the most right he's ever been, is still technically correct, which is all Rick really cares about. It's all that you ever need to be. You need only be technically correct. That's right. That is that's right. That is all one has to be. So, but uh, Tim Tebow, owner of the, uh, I think, 179 batting average in double A right now. <laughs> you said he went a hot one for 18, right? <laughs> yeah, well, he, no, that was in spring training. Oh, my um, apologies. This is, he homered in his first at bat in double A on opening day this year. Uh, and he I, don't does think that. He's, he... I don't think he's gotten a hit since then. <laughs> you know, I'm going to posit a theory to you real quick, Tom. Okay. How, uh... I don't know if I can necessarily buy that this just keeps happening to Tim Tebow. <laughs> what just keeps happening to him? What was his first at bat in the minor leagues? I don't think he homered in his first at bat in single A. I'm pretty sure he did. I think he homered in the first week. But I don't know if it was the very first at bat. But you're I, right. I, I mean, it's it's kind of, yeah, the the whole miracle thing. I have a very strong feeling that he did homer in his first at bat just because, but like who does that and then immediately falls off the face of the earth? Tim well, a lot, I was going to say, actually, <laughs> not I think about lots of guys because that's yeah. not uncommon in this level of baseball, but yeah, anyway. But, uh, and I, I was incorrect about his batting average, 167 through the first five games. Sexy. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> great that's he's definitely a prospect <laughs> he's not, why are you so mad he's not Tebow he's though? not minor league depth he's not filler not at all well whether he's filler or not is he is he a special attraction well yes he is certainly that and uh the new by all accounts terrible morning show on espn called get up which is where other mike of mike and mike in the morning went um <laughs> Uh, they have a theory that Tim Tebow is the most popular active baseball player. And this, of course, lit the internet on fire. Well, when you say something like that, like you might as well say, you know, something like that guy's a Nazi. 
Like you're you're basically just <laughs> you're just baiting at this point. Oh, absolutely. Like who in their right mind, like honestly believes as a baseball fan that Tim Tebow is the most popular active player. I believe it as a baseball fan and I will tell really? you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Because okay. it's not about whether baseball fans lo- know him and like him. It's about whether the general public knows him and likes him. And if you walked up to the reg- like a average person on the street, he would be the only name you would they would recognize if you put him in say a list of let's say that you used the nine of the ten best players in baseball and Tim Tebow. He'd be the only name they recognize. Mike Trout is not a household name. Clayton Kershaw is not a household name. Aaron Judge is not a household name, despite playing for the most recognizable franchise. Um, who else? Uh, Shohei Otani, um, Bryce Harper. I, I mean, I, I, I think those Bryce guys Harper, are not. You... Eh, not I, to not to the regular public. He doesn't do well, commercials. I, I, okay, I I hear what you're saying. I would not put Tebow at one. However, I. I don't think you have an an argument. I I don't think I have an argument to say he's not in the top 10. I don't think I have an argument to say he's not in the top five. I don't think I have an argument to say that he's not in the top three. He might even be two. Who's number one then? Well, I think guys like Bryce Harper and Mike Trout have a little bit more name recognition than you might think because of stuff like SNL and, uh, and, and just general tonight show stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think to the general public, I think, I think a lot of people, who don't follow baseball regularly think Derek Jeter is still playing and that he well, just plays for the Marlins now. That's <laughs> like, I, that's what I think is, is really going on here. Um, <clears throat> most people it, still know who Ichiro is, who is still playing. But true. <laughs> he's far from uh, one of the game's marquee stars anymore. Well, and, and that I guess is, you know, part of the problem of baseball in general is the just stay open mantra is not lending itself well (laughs) well that's the thing and there are great players playing right now we mentioned several of them mike trout is a once in a generation type player but people don't know who he is really you know aaron judge set a rookie record for home runs last year and he plays in new york like he's on the cover of video games and stuff but most people still don't know who he is you know uh clayton kershaw is going to be one of the best left-handed pitchers of all time by the time he's done uh, but people don't know who he is, and it's because of where Major League Baseball sits in the in the, the hierarchy of of professional sports in this country. Yeah, I suppose. I I just I'm going to fight that theory with all the fiber in my being. <laughs> yeah, However, because because how, you can't you can't bear for it to be reality. No, but I am also willing to accept the fact that even I can't name that many Major League Baseball exactly. players. Exactly. So, See? Well, I, I just admitted it, didn't I, Tom? Yeah. I'm like you, who can never I've, admit it. No, I mean, that's not true. I freely admit it. I, look, you have no idea how much verp came up when I had to say that I think they're right, that Tim Tebow is the most popular active player. Because... I feel- Name Harvard a guy in double A who's who's a major league parent club sells his jersey. It's not fair. Like that just that alone is not that's not fair. That's not a fair assessment. But I, it, I, it speaks to right. his popularity. 
yes, you are right. It's just not fair. Right. And his popularity is not earned as a baseball player. His popularity is from playing football. College football. Well, I mean, he also made a name for himself in the NFL, for better or for worse. I made a name for myself too. Nobody cares about it though. I don't know if you've made a name for yourself. You created oh, a nickname geez. for yourself. Is that the same thing? It's a name. It's, it's true. part of a name. I suppose you're right. All right. There are names involved. <laughs> there are places to. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you folks out there think? If you, uh, what do you think about Tim Tebow being the most popular active player? in baseball right now. Uh, and if you don't think he is, who do you think is, you know, you can leave us a voicemail at three, two, one 76 jerks or email us or tweet us uh, any of those things. And if you don't know the tweet and the email stuff by now, we'll get it to you later in the show. Moving on. We have a little bit more baseball stuff, I suppose. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Oh, oh! I'm sorry. No, we're moving on to football. I forgot. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I, I genuinely thought you had something. Well, like, there was, there's oh, that okay. thing, there's that little thing about you know people are a little up in arms because Derek Jeter is not going to go back to Yankee Stadium when the Marlins go up there to play the Yankees uh, because he feels it would be awkward. Um, you know, you know what? I do have something for this, believe it or not. Okay, all right, hit me. Hit and it me. has nothing to do with him going up to Yankee Stadium and everything to do with... I have never seen someone become less popular in retirement in such a quick amount of time yeah, than Derek Jeter. That is true. That is true. He has, his popularity has plummeted since he, <clears throat> he and his partners bought the Marlins, um, partially because of all of the unpopular things he had to do business decisions that had to be made when he bought a team that was millions of dollars in debt. He had to Including get rid of all of the their highly paid players. To, you know, well, he moved them to a, he moved them to a tax haven. What do you mean? The Bahamas? Who? Wait, he moved what to the Bahamas? The, the team, well, the team's home office is in like, I forget the exact um, Caribbean oh, country. Are you serious? I didn't know. You this. didn't know about this? No. Yeah, no, I didn't see this in the shelter. national media. This must be a South Florida thing. Um, wow, that makes sense. I get why. That's something the old owner would have done. I thought because <laughs> Jeffrey Jeffrey Loria was a horrible human being. It made good business sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Loria is terrible. Um, and uh, there's actually a story today that about a guy who went to. Um, he went to the Bahamas or wherever this is, and he's been handing out Marlins gear since it's the home of the Marlins. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> That's great. Great. But uh, yeah, he had to get rid of uh, all of the currently good players on the Marlins <laughs> for very little in return uh, prospects. Uh, and there was... Uh, an uproar when their best player reigning NL MVP, John Carlos Stanton, when uh, Jeter traded him to Jeter's old team, the Yankees for a bucket of fries. Well, it was like three prospects and a major league second baseman who look, Starlin Castro is not a bad player, but he's not a marquee player either. 
How many? Yeah, there you go. John Carlos Stanton is one of the few names in general left in baseball. <laughs> right. Right. And Jeets was just sort of like, all right, homie, go get him later. Well, if you read about how that actually went down, that wasn't how it went down. Jeter did not want to send him to the Yankees, hadn't even talked to the Yankees, had deals in place with the Cardinals and the Giants. And Stanton, after talking with the Cardinals and Giants, did not want to go there. And he has a no trade clause. Yeah, I, no, so, I remember we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it. He, he wanted to go to either the Dodgers, which is because he's from L.A., or uh, the Yankees, uh, because they're the Yankees, and he always wanted to play for the Yankees, apparently. So he basically demanded that Jeter find a way to deal him to one of those two clubs, and uh, he found a way to get him to the Yankees. For all a lot of good, he's doing the Yankees right now. <laughs> oh, oh, is it difficult, Tom? Is it tough? <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to watch a guy that makes $32 million a year strike out five times in one game. It's hard. Oh. Uh, poor little lamb. It's a, it's a tough world. It's hard. It's, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It's a struggle every day. I hear. I hear it's still very early in the season, so you know, don't not to fret. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah. But yeah, so it's kind of sad that Jeter feels awkward going back to Yankee Stadium. I get it, but it's a little sad. But it's not as big a deal as people are making out of it. No, but, you know, we got to have something to talk about because if we don't focus on, you know, pathetically minute situations, we might end up finding ourselves staring down the barrel of reality. And uh, that's apparently something that nobody wants to talk about, as evidenced by the story that debuted this week from the Great Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Very good. That's a brilliant segue, Rick. Thank you. Of course, it probably would have been better had I not pointed it out and just moved on to the next uh, fucking thing. But <laughs> well, part of our show is that we we commend ourselves for our basic understanding of how like in the, you know, in the middle of radio news, works. It's like in the middle of a newscast, like there's a really good tease going into a commercial break, and after the anchor's done reading it, they go, "Man, that was a good tease." We'll see yeah, on the well, other side of this. Good. Everyone starts congratulating themselves. Yeah, right. We did good here. Right. We did good work. It's, just, it's terrible. We're, we're, it's, like, it's like we're kindergartners trying to do a radio show. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, like you this. said. It, Look at this picture I drew. It, it is a very good representation of our friendship. <laughs> well, I figure, you know, I kick you in the teeth enough. I have to pat you on the back once in a while. The oh, ratio, thanks, boss. The ratio is probably 12 to 1, but, you know. What a gem. What a gem you are. <laughs> I'm just a hell of a guy, aren't I? Yeah, well, you know, let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, why don't you tell everybody what my beautiful segue was alluding to before well, it was, you it sent was... us careening off the tracks yet again. <laughs> it was taking us to a story uh, from ESPN, uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN, no less, uh, who says Colin Kaepernick did not get a job with the Seattle Seahawks last year because of the kneeling thing. Specifically, not because he was a low-rate player, not yes. because, but because when asked if he would continue to kneel for the national anthem, he said, yes, he was going to continue to kneel during the national anthem. And they rescinded their offer for him to even come try out. Oh, this was recently. This wasn't, this was recently, not even last season. This was for next season. And he couldn't yeah, guarantee no, I, them. Okay, yeah, I thought I, I, I was thought, I mistaken. I was mistaken. I thought it was last year, but it's right now. It just happened two yeah, weeks no, ago. No, no, I I thought you were 
mentioning like last. It doesn't matter. It's it doesn't fine. Matter. But yes, this but yeah, is he very, couldn't very, guarantee very them. He couldn't guarantee them he wouldn't kneel. So they chose not to sign him. I don't even think it was. I, I don't think it was about signing him. I was thinking about him coming to try out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just to come visit. So I mean, okay. Um, I guess that does it. <laughs> like. Does anyone else have anything that they'd like to add to this conversation or we're done here? Like, that's it, right? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, Schefter says, you know, the, the Seahawks still haven't made a final decision and they're still considering bringing Kaepernick in to try out. Uh, but this is certainly evidence of the thing he's claiming. Um, but I, again, I, as we've said before, he's claiming that there's collusion among the owners that to keep him from getting a job. And and I've said, I don't believe that there's collusion. I don't think the owners actively got together and said, all right, nobody give this guy a job, but it's pretty clear that the Anthem thing is keeping teams from signing him and not his play, which is not fair. It's not the thing he's alleging, but it's not fair. And, uh, on top of that, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, on top of that, I. I think that this finally puts to bed the idea that somehow because there's a lot of okay there's a lot of people out there who are telling you the listener that the reason why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job is because of X and not because of any other reason is that a fair assessment yeah I, I think I think this is this is some pretty uh damning evidence to that to prove that point Right, and that's all I'm saying it is. I'm not yeah. saying anything and other than and I, that. And I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I don't think this will help him in his lawsuit against the NFL, but um, it's, it's pretty clear that at least this team, uh, which, granted, Schefter, is, Schefter is, is using an unnamed source inside the Seahawks' front office, uh, but Schefter is, is pretty on about this kind of thing. Generally, he has contacts everywhere, so um, I'm inclined to believe him because he's earned that credibility. It's not like when, say, eh, comicbookmovie.com uses an unknown source, <laughs> so or, uh, comicbookmovie.com. Or, or the artist formerly known as El Mayimbe. Um, so, wow, we haven't what, said that name in a while. Hollywood? Well, now you got I, a problem with Heroic Hollywood? Yeah, it sucks, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> He doesn't even work there anymore. He works for a he more work legitimate. For he no, he started that site. But I don't even know if it exists. He works for a more legitimate publication now. Is he is he part of Legitimate Businessman Monthly? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, it's it's pretty clear that at, at least one job is being kept from Colin Kaepernick because of the kneeling. Now it's funny because in this story. The, 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 you shared the story with me through Deadspin, and right. there's a comment uh, beneath the story on Deadspin from uh, just a regular commenter who has an interesting theory. And uh, he says that the New England Patriots should be the ones to sign Kaepernick. And he's saying that because the Patriots owner, Bob Kraft, recently visited rapper Meek Mill in prison. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not familiar with the Meek Mill story, he's a lot of people feel he's being wrongfully kept in prison uh, because a judge too harshly said he violated parole over some very a very minor incident, um, and he's in prison right now. 
and Bob Kraft went to visit him for some reason. I don't know why. Um, Lovecraftian reasons. Ah, very good. Very good. Thank you. (laughs) So they're saying if, if Kraft wants to walk the walk, then they should sign Kaepernick. And it would give the Patriots an experience back up behind Brady, which they do not currently have. And could definitely use. Yeah. Yeah, because Brady is going to be 41. So, I mean, that's an interesting theory. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's an interesting theory. Um, we definitely know a few teams where he Kaepernick def- won't go. <laughs> He's not going to Dallas, that's for sure. Oh, we're going to talk about that? We're going to mention that? What? Uh, Des Bryant, no longer your favorite cowboy in mine. Well, yeah, the Cowboys cut Des Bryant for his off-the-field behavior. I don't think that was a shock to anyone. Really? Um, You're just going to gloss over it? Like, that's nothing to you? You don't think that's a big deal? Uh, it's a big deal in that in that he's really good and he's getting cut, but he's going to get another job. Well, because yeah, but, I mean, his off-the-field like... behavior, quote-unquote, wasn't kneeling for the anthem. So, And that's okay. you know the only unforgivable sin in the NFL, apparently. <laughs> well there was like something else about some guy got like I it, there was some kind of horrible story about a guy who um like did horrible things to his wife or hit her in the head a whole bunch and he hasn't been cut yet but Colin Kaepernick can't get, get a job yeah um who was that I don't remember it's a guy for the 49ers I can't remember who it is yeah 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 he's yeah. been accused of terrible things well that guy won't be going to play in Vince McMahon's league for sure <laughs> oh definitely not definitely not <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I guess we'll put a bow on all this by saying, um, yes, this is proof that Colin Kaepernick did not get one job or probably won't get one job for, uh, because of the anthem kneeling, but it's not proof that he's not getting any job because of it. Um, just because we don't have a smoking gun like this. I, I still conjecture that I think one is the other, but. That's just me. I, and I am inclined to agree with you. I'm just looking at the evidence that we have. Right. You can't really say unequivocally that that's the case. Fair enough. I'll give it to you. <clears throat> but yes, I'm inclined to agree with you, especially given the fact that uh, he's better than some of these guys that are on rosters right now. <laughs> Case Keenum disagrees with and you. And we're but on that's rosters fine. all last season. I'm not talking about Case Keenum. <laughs> Ain't nobody talking about Case Keenum. <laughs> <laughs> Calm no, down with your case Keenum yeah, talk. Nobody I was, cares. I was talking about guys like um Brock Osweiler. Uh hey, hey, Derek Derek about... Anderson, maybe. The immortal Derek Anderson, thank you. Yeah, you know, Scott Tolzine. Is like, Derek Anderson o- older than you and me? He's gotta be. He's gotta be older uh, than our fathers. I think he's our age. <laughs> we should not be playing football. No, I mean 30 i mean the age we are is old for a football player it's old for anybody <laughs> shut up rick <laughs> oh oh so last week it was me it's this not week old it's, you? it's not old for a tree or <laughs> for uh a bottle of good wine um, we are older than really tasty whiskey at this point in time. Uh, yeah yeah it's true <laughs> true it's not old for a uh a valuable comic book or baseball card. <laughs> um, yeah. So things like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
You okay? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'll uh I'll be I'll I'll survive. <laughs> good to know. Yeah, I'll survive. But uh let's move on to the geek stuff, nerd stuff portion of uh of the program. And uh we have a little bit of DC news because of course we do. And the Batgirl movie is happening again. Yes. Cool. We we swear this time we mean it. Cool enough. <laughs> yeah. So if you've been following that story at all, um Joss Whedon was supposed to uh write and direct the Batgirl movie for Warner Brothers, part of the DC movie universe, and uh he left the project and depending on who you talk to, it was because of the allegations against him from his days on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh or it was because of creative differences with the studio. Eh, tomato, tomato. Rotten tomato. Boom. Thank well you. Done. Well done. Here all week. Anyway. Um, so it looked like the movie was dead in the water, but it's back on. Uh, Warner Brothers has hired a writer, uh, Christina Hodson, who wrote the upcoming Transformers spinoff movie, Bumblebee. Yeah, that's right. What Bumblebee's a, getting his own movie. And what it takes a win. place in the '80s, so he's going to look like he looked on the cartoon. Because you know, we know I think that's, that's what a all you. Too, but that, we're not even talking what, about that. That's what all you Transformers assholes wanted. <laughs> Way to go, guys! <laughs> well done. <laughs> you did you're, it. You're gonna get it. Yeah, all your all your whining and complaining. You're gonna get your Volkswagen Beetle Bumblebee instead of. <laughs> Well, Which doesn't make now. any sense either, because when we meet Bumblebee in the first movie, he's not a beetle then either. He's an old Camaro. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's kind of like they can change their form all the time, different kinds of cars and trucks, like because he changed into a new Camaro in the first. It's Transformers. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I just wanted to see how long I could get you to run down that hole with me. I would. I would. I would have kept digging. I, I know you would have. It's fun. It's fun to watch you just start spinning. And it's great. <laughs> you like it because I put on my, my geek professor hat and you get and then to you take gotta, a nap. See, the best thing about it is, is you got to explain it to me. You're like, listen, Rick, this is what's really going on. Okay, If you, guy, look, if you right. look at episode number 45 from 1988, uh, it's established that they can change their form whenever they want to. It's and it's it's not even just it's not even just that it's that you ha you you feel the urge to correct me like if I just show up and I just start messing with your shit on your desk you're like stop touching my things oh that's so, that's a that's a biological need I don't know how that I can't it's imperative it's an imperative it's like a salmon swimming upstream like I can't <laughs> I can't stop that I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to stop it <laughs> my need to correct you is is genetic. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. So uh, Christina Hodson's already also written uh, the thriller Unforgettable with Rosario Dawson and Catherine Heigl, which is... Wait, Rosario Dawson, not Rosario Dawson? Excuse me. Thank you. Rosario mm. Dawson. Appreciate Honestly, that. I thought I'd just been mispronouncing it the entire time. <laughs> I don't know. You might, Maybe I am. Maybe you are. Who knows? I'm just saying if only we had a device that could solve this. She was great in Alexander Tom. Yeah, 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 I know. Anyway, uh, that thriller Unforgettable, <laughs> which was entirely forgettable. Why are you ignoring Alexander Tom? I, because I know what you're getting at, and we can move on here. 
we can move on. Uh, oh, so yes, okay. the Batgirl movie is back on, and we also have a little bit of news from Aquaman. Yes, Aquaman is still a thing. Yes, Aquaman is still a thing. It's coming out this year. I don't know when. August, I think. We should have seen a trailer by now. <laughs> or anything. But that's that's like this is DC's MO. It's kind of like they did this with Justice League. It's like they waited until the last damn minute for trailers. They built no hype. It was just like, man, it's Justice League. What do we need hype for? Well, <laughs> people hype, like to know things. It's also hype gets you a good opening weekend. That's what hype gets you. No matter how bad or good the movie is, hype gets you a good opening weekend. And in Justice League's case, damn, did it need it. <laughs> anyway, Aquaman is coming, and uh, they're doing some reshoots, which, as we've told you before, is normal with big-budget movies. Absolutely. I, I have no qualms or issues with these reshoots. Right. We're not sounding I... an alarm over reshoots. No. However. We will sound is... the alarm about the following. Yes, what is alarming is that during these reshoots, they're adding a whole new character to the movie. <laughs> that is alarming. That is, that is concerning. It is troub- troubling, I think is a good word. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's the reason why they pushed New Mutants back 10 months was to do that. And maybe they, if they wanted to add a new character, they should have pushed back Aquaman 10 months, but then DC would have no movie this year. And... God forbid that happens. So, well, then Marvel will finally win or something. I don't for know. for reasons because you know Marvel's releasing three movies this year and yeah, well, DC won. And that's won. something else. Just in and of itself, DC could have easily just not released a movie this year and let Marvel have this entire endeavor. No one would have cared. I mean, like, well, I mean, they're releasing like five movies this year. What do you expect from them? Like, should they go up against all five? That's the thing. I mean, I don't, I don't think they ever would or intend to, but it's kind of like we need to stick to. I, I don't even know if it has anything to do with Marvel so much as it's this, this pig-headed need on the part of Warner Brothers to continue hammering this plan, question mark? <laughs> Deluge of disappointment? <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. I'll take it. I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> Like, it's not, they're they're trying so hard to make fetch happen, if I may steal a line from Mean Girls, <laughs> with nice. this DC movie universe, and it's it's just not, but they continue to try. It's like, it's like that guy in high school, do you have a friend in high school who, no. when he liked a girl, who <laughs> he would like buy her and stuff, and buy her stuff, and buy her stuff, and send notes, and be nice, and continue doing things, even long after she told him she wasn't interested? You would continue doing it? I didn't have that friend. I was that friend. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I was not that guy, but I knew that guy. (laughs) Um Yeah, this is that is DC at this point with the audience. Like, oh, we're gonna give you Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker and and uh we'll carry your books after class too. (laughs) Just tell me you love me, baby. I love you. Just tell me you love me. I love you. Say I'm gonna. Say I'm even gonna help you tell the guy you really like that you like him because <laughs> I think that's gonna endear me to you, and you might like me then. I'm gonna hold hands with you so that only we know each other and we alone. <laughs> but yes, so Aquaman is adding a new character, <laughs> and it is Doctor Shin, 
who is uh he's a character most people know from Jeff John's run on Aquaman, and he's being yep. played by actor Randall Park, who you may know from uh Fresh Off the Boat, if you watch that show on ABC, or um he played Kim Jong un in the interview. The infamous movie, The Interview. It's a great movie. Also, I'm really excited that um we're we're getting characters from the Jeff Johns runs of comics because those always make good movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with with Jeff Johns squeezing an extra few royalty nickels out of yeah. <laughs> out of this whole always, thing. Always get really just a plus. Yeah. It worked so well for Green Lantern. A plus Tom. He grabbed that script and he Johnsed all over it. Ah, Jesus. Um, okay, so reshoots, as we said, do not necessarily mean bad things. Right? Correct. Um, adding a new character during the reshoots. Also, not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but it ain't great either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the pause. I mean, like how, you know, how, how are they going to? I mean, obviously, he's only in some scenes, so they're not going to reshoot. It's not an extensive reshoot. It's not like they recast Aquaman. <laughs> it's not this it's is not an be, Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future situation. It's it's going to be weird because you'll know when it's the reshot scenes because Aquaman's beard is going to be digitally erased. <laughs> They'll have to add his tattoos back on. <laughs> they got to redraw. <laughs> Who's got the stencil? We have to go in and digitally redo all of Aquaman's tattoos because Roman Reigns sued us. <laughs> surprised that no one did anything about that like I, I remember the day that we saw the very first Aquaman photo I'm like why is Roman Reigns in this movie and nobody picked up on it nobody said anything about it no just commenters on the internet and that's it if it, Warner Brothers really just would, sticks its head in the sand even further it, you would think like the WWE specifically would be like hang on, hang on. <laughs> <What's this now? laughs> but I guess they're like, figuring that uh They'll sell more Roman Reigns action figures in the store if no one can find an Aquaman. <laughs> They'll repackage it in yeah. a special water edition. It's like, like here, 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 kid. It's Aquaman. This is an Aquaman? It's Aquaman. It's Aquaman because I said it's Aquaman. Do you yeah. want dinner or not? <laughs> that doesn't look like Aquaman. Sure it is. And, and Randall Park, I mean, mm. first... You know he's a, you know, he's in the interview that was cool fresh off the boat another good um I I just I'm shocked that he would go so far from playing the villain in the first Star Wars prequel to all the way to this what that's Ray Park oh my mistake <laughs> turn up your hearing aid Grandpa <laughs> just trying to reach on that one for you Tom I'm trying to help you you really you were reaching. You were, it's not that far. You were reaching all the way around, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This is why yeah. we can't have nice things. No, we never have. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, wow. We have another another DC thing, and I'm, this is definitely this is a thing that is happening, and I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> Can we stop it from happening? <laughs> I wish. We should protest. <laughs> we should no. organize a picket line. 
No, this is terrible. That's what I mean. We should picket this. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, at the picket, we should just declare it. No. <laughs> the, signs, the sign should just say no. No. <laughs> Don't, please. Anyway, um, what we're talking about is a new traveling exhibit at Madame Tussauds Wax Museum uh, involving Justice League. And it is not just wax figures, but it is interactive. <laughs> Guests will get a chance to star alongside Justice League's Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Henry Cavill as Superman, and Ben Affleck as Batman as they fight to save the world from LexCorp. In, in beautiful wax design? <laughs> yeah, so basically it's a series of thrilling missions to destroy LexCorp's hold on the world. If you're in the Wonder Woman exhibit, you'll help destroy LexCorp's technology by harnessing your superpower and emitting a powerful blast from Wonder Woman's gauntlets. <laughs> or my derriere, one or the other. <laughs> Either way, I suppose. <laughs> if you eat a lot of veggie sushi that day, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there will be many a powerful blast, I assure you. <laughs> um, and then you'll join Superman to help lift a real, real in all caps, helicopter back into the sky as For people reals, cheer though, from the streets below. Yes, yeah, so it'll be a real helicopter that's gutted to make it light and it's on hydraulics <laughs> and the wax figure will be underneath it bolted to it and you'll pretend to help lift i suppose and then you'll have to use it, the you'll have to use the bat signal to summon the elusive batman the elusive I'm serious. <laughs> because we can't figure out who's going to play him anymore i'm serious so the first stop for this wonderful wonderful justice league wax museum exhibit is where else? Orlando. <laughs> Orlando. Madame I'm surprised Tussauds it wasn't Orlando. St. Augustine, because if I'm not mistaken, there is a Ripley's Believe It or Not in St. Augustine. Uh, well, this is exclusively at Madame Tussauds. I'm just so. saying there should be one at Ripley's Believe It or Not, because I don't believe <laughs> there will be. There, there will be, but it will involve um, Ultra Guy and <laughs> Catman and, uh, and uh, Incredible Girl. <laughs> Catman is an actual thing, so that, shut yeah. up, Rick. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> not the reaction I anticipated. <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> it's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to boot, Madame Tussauds is running an, an, a contest associated with this monstrosity. <laughs> this chicanery this, and tomfoolery. This, this, this abomination against wax museums. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there are mother boxes in five cities across the globe. And if you find one, you win a once in a lifetime VIP experience that includes a five day, four night trip for the winner and a guest to Orlando, plus two tickets to the Justice League exhibit, <laughs> two tickets to Megacon Orlando, and the Sea Life Aquarium here in Orlando. And you have to like, they're going to release clues to where these things are on the Madame Tussauds Twitter. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> you get to come to Orlando and, and hang out with wax figures and pretend to lift helicopters. What, what the fuck is this? And not only is this terrible, but really showing up just at the nick of time for, you know, being yeah. right on the cusp of, of mattering. You know, yeah, it's just... it's striking while the iron is hot and all the hype is at a fever pitch for the Justice League movie. Oh, wait. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, just yesterday I was walking around thinking, man, I need to go see the Justice League movie again, right, Tom? <laughs> I would imagine you've never thought that. In your whole just, life, you've never strung those words together. Every time I think about how great of a film that is, I think, man, I should I should sit my butt down and watch me more of this Justice League movie. And now <laughs> I get to do it in wax. Yay, wax. Now, will the wax will the wax people be actually moving? Like, are there are there arms? Like, is there animatronics involved? Generally, I've been, I've been to Madame Tussauds, and no, <laughs> that's they're pretty they're pretty still. They're they're statues, really, that one can take pictures next to. So, how do I lift? Like, <laughs> it's that's the thing. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. But it's here's the thing. Stupid. Like, let me let me let me get ahead of this before somebody comments. If this was an Avengers thing, it would somehow be fantastic. I don't know about that. I think it's still stupid. But well, yeah, here's but... the thing, though. Disney wouldn't allow that. <laughs> there you go. Like, oh, that's what they should do with the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> what, put the Avengers in it? Just put all the Avengers instead. <laughs> the, Every time the there's a new Avenger, Avengers, they gotta install... They gotta install a new a new thing in the in the wax museum in the uh, Hall of Avengers. Yeah, there you go. I'd I'd support that actually. It's not a bad idea, right? It's it would be less controversial. Oh, it's just another Avenger coming in. Oh, kids, there's a new Avenger. It's, no, you know what'll happen? There'll be people picketing because it's not the Jack Kirby version of the Silver Surfer. It's a different version, or it's it's. Oh, you know the, Captain you know America is not of? wearing his Avengers movie uniform, and he's wearing yeah. his Winter Soldier outfit. Yeah, that that's fine. But you know what? There's going to be less of Tom. What? People complaining at all? Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling this thing is going to um, die a quick death. This Madame <laughs> Tussauds thing, and I it happened because Warner Brothers is apparently still desperate to license this shit to somebody, anybody. If anyone could please. We'll give it away. Because <laughs> God just... knows Six Flags ain't building any Justice League rides anytime soon. Does anyone have someone who could just take this garbage and can you throw this away for me? You... I mean, I just I can't. Like I, I just can't. This is it's so sad. Like I'm I'm laughing, but I'm also sort of on the inside crying because to see the brand like Justice League and those three characters fall this far to be this lame ass thing at the wax museum and who knows maybe we're wrong and it's going to be cool we aren't about it yeah we're not we're never really that wrong <laughs> well what wait 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 because i know what you're trying to say i know you're, you know like come on like it can't be that bad blah 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 blah, blah. I, I know what you're trying to say but on the same token like how could it not be how could uh, this i mean be i guess I guess little kids will like it because it's Superman and you can get up close with Superman, but like, yeah, but also they're going to have to go into the wax museum where all the frightening things are, Tom. Eh, it's not that frightening. How old unless are you, you when find, you unless well, I was an adult. I went two years ago. That's, but are I you, mean, are you starting to get the point? Yeah, I get what you're saying, but like, unless you're, unless you're afraid of Justin Bieber, you're not going to be scared in the wax museum. Well, perhaps someone has a healthy fear of the beebs. <laughs> I'm not talking about you, Rick. Kid's weird looking. 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we have a we have a little bit of other news in the video game world, and this actually yes, got picked up in yes. some mainstream media this week. I um, was right again. Everyone <laughs> told me that I was wrong to care about this, but it was a big deal. I know. That was the thing. I You texted me, and I'm like, this would have been a big deal if it were 10 years ago, and I guess not. It's still a pretty big deal. Apparently, um, it is 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, evidently. It is 2007 all over again. <laughs> anyway. Um, if you've seen the documentary King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, and if you haven't, you should, because it's really it's good. It's very good. Um, and they're still developing, I think, a fictionalized feature film version of that story. But And I think they just found their ending, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you've seen that movie, you know that the movie is about a guy named Steve Wiebe uh, trying to beat the world record for the high score on Donkey Kong. And it casts another player, Billy Mitchell, who is the record holder at the time. As sort of the villain in the movie, it makes him look like a prick. I don't know the guy. Maybe he is one. Um, There's many reports saying that he has prickish tendencies. <laughs> we'll go with that. He has a he has a prickish streak. <laughs> um, but he's, anyway, he's prickly, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So in the movie, uh, spoiler alert: Steve Weeby gets the record, but he's immediately bested by Mitchell again. Uh, with Mitchell submitting a videotape of him breaking Weeby's score in Donkey Kong, and the movie ends with some speculation about discrepancies in that videotape and whether Mitchell uh, legitimately broke that record. And nothing's been said about it really for 10 years since the movie came out, but a couple of months ago, uh, somebody submitted a dispute to Twin Galaxies, which is the organization that uh, awards these records and keeps track of video game records like this, or it's one yeah, of they contact, the organizations. Yeah, they contact Guinness, and, you know, this is... Yeah. If you know anything about old-school video games, you know that Twin Galaxies is kind of the place... It's kind of the thing. Yeah, it's the it's the, the place of record for this thing, this stuff, if you'll pardon right. the expression. Um, so they launched an investigation into Mitchell's scores, and it turns out, uh, they said after two months of investigating, they determined that uh, he used an emulator to get that high score instead of using the original uh, arcade software, which is against the rules. So they're not saying he didn't get the score, that he doctored the tape necessarily, but that he used illegal software uh, that not necessarily cheated at the game for him, but just was against the rules. So they wiped that score off the books, which means Steve Wiebe is once again the King of Kong. And... Uh, a couple of other games, uh, a couple of other Mitchell's records were wiped uh, from the books. Yes. And he's banned for life from submitting future high scores. Essentially removed from all uh, together from. Yeah. Yeah. Like what WWE did to Hulk Hogan. He's still around. It's more like think Chris Benoit. Okay. Okay. But, but they, I mean, they wiped, they wiped Hogan off the website and everything when that whole thing happened. Yeah, again, okay. trust me on this. Okay. Anyway, um, um, anyway I mean, this yes. was Mitchell made, was made famous for breaking these video game records when he was a young guy in the eighties, mm -hmm. a kid, and uh, it was you know, I mean, he has a, apparently a successful hot sauce business. So it's not like it's his whole life, but it, it was probably his identity. He hasn't commented uh, that I've seen anywhere in the press about this, but um, kind of a big deal. He was a big deal in the video game community. Yeah, sure. Very much so. <clears throat> um, okay, so this is why it's kind of really interesting in general, is that, as you sort of said, he did get the points. That that actually happened. 
The thing, though, is that the points, the way he got it was not the way that it happened. So have you ever played any of these old Donkey Kong machines? Yeah. 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 Um, one of my buddies uh, happened to have one in his room when we all when the King of Kong debuted. He bought one. He got it cheap. And we would go over to his place and we'd play Kong together and try and get a high score, or some variety. And then, you know, he would submit He would play all the time. He submitted a couple of Twin Galaxies. I honestly don't know if this is still true, but I think he still holds the record for Crazy Taxi on the Sega Saturn, believe it or not. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, um, so what he did, what Billy Mitchell did was he didn't play this on a cabinet. He played it on an emulator. And why that matters is there is only so many screens and so many variables. And if you watch The King of Kong, you understand that. There's only so many ways that you could build points in the game. And then specifically, there's only so many um, uh, such a high score that you can get to. So the fact that he was doing this, I guess illegal sounds like such a dumb word for it. Illegally uh, is why they pulled all of his uh, all of his uh, records and winnings is that he was well, he was cheating. Just not in the traditional sense of cheating, I guess. Right. It's not in the way that I think people assumed after the movie came out. People assumed right. that, you know, it was an edited videotape because that was the evidence put forth in the movie was that there was some weird thing with the tape. Um, but in fact, and in fact, that is part of it. It wasn't the tape itself, but it was, it was a transition in the game itself. And that was the right. thing that, that this guy who submitted this complaint was able to prove was that the original uh, hardware, the original Donkey Kong cabinet, was not able to make transitions between screens in the way that the game did it on Mitchell's tape, and that it would have taken emulator software to do that, um, and that was how they were able to uh, catch him, so and to here's, speak. And here's how we get real inside baseball. You ready for this? Okay. Um. So... <clears throat> Do you think that Mitchell applied those weird jumps and skips to his videotape specifically so people wouldn't notice that the emulator wasn't working, that he wasn't on the right screens? Uh, it's possible. That would be that would be fairly easy to do. Right. Um, you know, there are people who are accusing this guy of. The guy who submitted the complaint, he's being accused now of, you know, a hatchet job and a hatchet job, all right. of this and whatever. And, and matters so much. And the guy is saying, like, the amount of foresight he would have needed and know how to pull off faking his evidence would have been staggering. I don't know if it's that. I, I, I think anyone given enough time and opportunity would be able to. Like what they what he what they're saying he did is not that absurd. Well, no, no, no. I'm not whatever. saying that. It's what they're what Mitchell is saying. The guy who caught him did. Oh, okay. Or what so had he's like done? Like, right. you know, it would have been the guy almost would have had to read Billy Mitchell's mind or found the original tape and doctored that somehow. Like, it just wouldn't have. It, it's it's close to impossible according to I this think guy. It, I like this story because I've I've watched The King of Kong a few times. I told you we got a little funny story about it, and Billy Mitchell is a dick, so I'm glad that this happened. <laughs> <laughs> because when it comes down to it, 
your buddy Rick, he bases 88% of his life on spikes and very little else. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You are fueled by schadenfreude. Thank you. That is an absolute truth. I think you should have a t-shirt that says that. Fueled by schadenfreude. I should yeah. get one of, those, uh, one of those little stickers for my car. <laughs> <laughs> fueled by schadenfreude. That's right. That's good. I like that. I like that. So, um, I'm sure this is not the end of this story, and... But uh, if you care about this sort of thing, or if you've seen that movie, this is kind of an interesting 10 years later uh, <laughs> denouement to Look the at story. you busting out film terminology and things. <laughs> and here I thought you would give me a hard time for using another $10 word. No, because I know what denouement means. Oh, it's oh, three words. That's what it it's is. also French. It's one word, and it's French. Yes. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we had another. There's another interesting uh, theory about Avengers Four that's popping up online, but uh, we'll save that for another time. Or if uh, if you want to check it out for yourself, you can go to Newsarama and look that's at awesome. their theory for what uh, Avengers Four might be about. Because the studio is saying, "Well, the title. We're not telling you the title because the title is sort of a spoiler." I don't, so I don't buy any of that shit anyway. I'm, I, I, I don't either, but uh, the theory is interesting, especially the evidence they put forth for it, but uh, we'll, we'll save that discussion for uh, Twitter, let's say. <laughs> Where dumb things happen uh, to those who wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that brings us to the home stretch here, and Rick, I have a question for you, sir. Oh, yes? Yes. What's pissing you off? Well, Tom, I'll tell you. Um... Specifically, what's pissing me off is the people who people who come about and make uh, uh, 5Ks. <laughs> okay. I uh, ran a 5K, and uh, it was fine. I didn't die specifically or anything of the nature. Um, but I also didn't get a, uh, a medal at the end. <laughs> and I wanted one. Because that's because participation awards are the only thing that I can really rest my hat on these days. Oh God! <laughs> but more to the point, like it got me thinking, and it got me like kind of annoyed. Like, how many uh, different five Ks are there? Where you know, there's one every day basically, but no one really has like a set pattern or design to them. You you sometimes you run this way, sometimes you do an obstacle course. I want there to be a just a direct. A, B, C about running 5Ks. And it, I think it would make people more interested. I think it would be a less ridiculous question. It, did you run a fight? Well, here are all my medals about it. Or here's all my shirts. I just think that it, it, is, it is asking a lot for people to try and, uh, you know, come together on these things. We, we shouldn't make things so difficult for people, Tom. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It, okay. It made me annoyed. I'm allowed to vent these things. At no point have you told me I'm not. So I'm going to. Fair enough. <laughs> I suppose you're allowed to do this. Thank you. That's all I ask. Well, that's not all I ask. I ask a lot. Tom. <laughs> yes. What's pissing you off? Well, Rick, I will tell you. And um, my apologies to, in advance, 
to uh, the people who make one of my favorite, favorite games. Okay. So uh, as as generally happens uh, every year, uh, the folks at Out of the Park Developments have provided us with a copy of Out of the Park Baseball 19 for our review. Um, <laughs> so in brief, here's my review. It's awesome. It's the best version of the game yet. Um, they keep outdoing themselves every year. The big thing this year with the gameplay is there's 3D models of the players on the field that move. Um, so it's even more like watching... Uh, traditional video game representation of of baseball uh so it's like it's 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 getting even closer to making the show obsolete for me to even buy every year it, it keeps <laughs> it keeps inching closer to that um but it's not there yet but the thing the thing that is pissing me off is trading card microtransaction games within video games yeah and here's why. It's really because developers now are so concerned with continuing to make money after the fact that they spend all their time adding features and doing stuff for those parts of the game and not developing anything uh, for people who play, you know, the 90% rest of the game. Um, example. Um, I have the new version of the show, MLB The Show, for PlayStation this year. It basically didn't update a damn thing for anything except their Diamond Dynasty mode. They, the rest were minor tweaks to the rest of the game, but Diamond Dynasty got an overhaul, got deeper, and whatever. And if you're not familiar with these modes, Madden has it, NBA Live, they've all got it in some form or fashion. And it's you can use virtual currency to buy packs of cards and make like a fantasy team out of these cards and play other people online and with achievements and things, you can keep unlocking these special items or they have uh, in you know real-time tournaments that you can join during the week and play online and win items or, peop or players or whatever. But you can also buy virtual currency to buy packs of cards with real money. And this right. is where developers make money after the fact. So months and months after the game is released and no one's buying the actual disc anymore in the store, they're still making money of people who are obsessed with getting their 98-rated uh, Ken Griffey Jr. card uh, and garbage like that. Okay. Yes, so, I, I understand this all too well. <laughs> now what's happening is it's happening to Out of the Park. Or at least oh, it no, looks that way. no, that's not good. Out of the Park uh, released back in March. And one of the things they're touting is a mode called Perfect Team, which has not launched yet. It's going to launch this summer. They're not saying a lot about it, but they're saying they're going to unveil it this summer uh, and a beta coming very soon. But it looks to me, from what they're saying, as if it's a similar mode uh, involving fantasy, uh, team assembly, and potentially microtransactions and online tournaments and things. Um, if that is the case, that pisses me off because <laughs> out of the park was the last game for people who just really, really like baseball and that's it. And you can play online with it already and you can't even assemble your fantasy team because it's so customizable. You can do whatever you want with rosters. You can get historical teams and all of these different things. You don't need to play a game to get silly little cards 
of different rated players. Like you can always already mess around with that in the game. So I don't understand why there's a need to do this to a game that uh, is already beloved and already had that sort of um, outsider underground cachet to it, at least a little bit um, because it's not for, I was never of the opinion that it was for people who liked that silly part of, of console games like the show. Like if you're you're a guy who's just really, really good at pressing the buttons to swing a bat in the game, then you have the show, you have Madden and you can go online and play against your guys that press buttons just as fast as you press. But that's not what out of the park is about. Out of the park is about managing your franchise and building a team and you can't play out the games. The, the AI plays them out for you based on the ratings of the players that you get. So there's more of a challenge there, or at least the challenge is in building your team and not mashing buttons. Um, if they're going to set up a mode now for their version of button mashers, then in my opinion, they're no better than the rest of them. And that's sad. That saddens me because I've long been a champion of that game on this show. And uh, if I'm going to have to deal with constant offers for microtransactions and emails and all that bullshit, then uh, I don't know if I can play it anymore. Well, it it, it remains to be seen, but I understand why that would piss you off to say the very least. To say the very least. Well, thank you for validating me, Rick. Well, if nothing else, I'm here to make sure that you don't jump off a cliff because then I I don't know how to cast the show without you. (laughs) Don't worry. Jesse would help you figure it out. I don't know. He asked. I asked a lot of that kid to begin. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Rick, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned that um, I finally understand why you were so upset about the law of diminishing returns. (laughs) Okay. Do you remember the law of diminishing returns argument? I don't think so. So many, many, many episodes ago, God, it might've been one of the first, honestly. Wow. Um, okay. You, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't the first. You explained how you were upset and mad at the fact that the um, Superman movie, uh, Superman Returns, is just not that good. Okay. And Wait, uh, Superman Returns or Man of Steel? Man of Steel, pardon me. Man of Steel. Okay. Uh, yes, Man okay. of Steel. Okay. It it just wasn't that good. And you explained it. It was the law of diminishing returns and how you kept watching it. Well, I understand that now. Uh Uh-oh. What did it happen to you with? This week, uh, Hearthstone uh, unveiled (laughs) a whole new set. Speaking of trading card games and microtransactions. That's right. That is absolutely right. A brand new set of cards. Um, 135 or something like that. Brand new cards set to redefine the meta of how the game is played and all this other stuff because the game was getting stale and it was making people upset. Okay. Okay. I had been building up lots of in-game coin because I don't spend money on this because I'm, I'm just, I don't do that. People do that. And Hey, that, that's how you want to spend your money. Then good for you. But I spent just a lot of time grinding out all of this free money. And I ended up buying 40 packs, 40, four, zero. It's a lot, right? Yeah. Did it all for free. Got all these new cards. Was really excited. I got a couple of the cards that 
people are saying, these are the game changers. These are the cards you want to have. I, I opened them. I posted it on Twitter. Everybody was really excited for me. Um, I crafted a couple of the decks that people were theory crafting, and it was cool. And then it's Sunday now, Tom. This, this new set debuted Thursday. It uh -huh. is now Sunday. Yeah. The entire community agrees that there's basically three viable decks now in the game, and everything else is just crap. And that's it. <laughs> Before the new cards debuted, people all agreed that there might have been like two or three, maybe potentially four viable decks. And you mean like organization, like how you organize your deck? Right, right. Like what cards you want to put in there well, so I mean, that you aren't could there, be... Aren't there like thousands of cards? Yeah. And you can own, there's only really four combinations? Really? Yeah. Right now there's only like two. And that seems like a waste of time. So everyone was really excited. I was really excited. And once again, we've come to the determination that you could play all these different cards, but they're all kind of garbage. The only cards you want to play are like these 20 and that's about it. And we're done. Wow. And here we are. It's Sunday, man. It didn't even last three days. It didn't even last as long as a Syrian airstrike. It is, that's, it is over and done with diminishing returns is correct, sir. <laughs> so hopefully we learn more that these cards aren't straight hot garbage, but it looks like they are. I mean, I'm going to keep playing the game because it has me by the short hairs and will forever. Because <laughs> now you're addicted to it. It's not about now I'm addicted to it, but yes, uh, I, I'm definitely addicted to it. That much is certain. Anyway, <laughs> Tom. Yes. What did you learn? <laughs> oh, I learned that some it takes some time, but eventually you come around to my way of thinking. Oh, shut up! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Hey, look. Sometimes you just have to grow up a little bit and mature. And, really? And then really? Then you see the world as a grown up, and. You uh -huh. understand that it's just all a big fucking mess. <laughs> you know, I don't understand why you're not a bigger fan of Rick and Morty. I really don't know. <laughs> your, your endless nihilism about how the world never changes and everything's terrible would fit right in with the rest of the fan base. I didn't say everything's terrible, but yeah, ultimately the world never changes. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't. I mean, as long as there's as long as money is the motivator, you could kind of predict how everything is going to shake out. It's great. It's, but, but totally different from what I just said, right? No, I didn't say it was different. Just, oh, I mean, okay. yeah, I'm just, just saying. Oh, it just I, does, it I, doesn't mean everything's terrible because sometimes things motivated by money are good. Like, you know, these Marvel movies that keep coming out, they all tend to be pretty good. <laughs> but sometimes things that are motivated by money are bad, like, you know, the Iraq War or Justice League. So... <laughs> comparing one with the other uh, well i see by by the big hand and the little <laughs> hand and by the fact that your dog is officially barking that it's time for us to go to the finish here tom so yeah it's true so how can people find us on twitter they can find us on twitter by tweeting at those two jerks please make sure you spell out t-w-o and then you can join me and our illustrious group of jerks as we discuss dumb things throughout the week and basically make sure that everyone stays at work and doesn't commit suicide. <laughs> so many jerks, but it's a support group, really. It's a support. Yeah, we're all we're, we're, we're like we're literal jockstraps. We keep each other up. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Thank you. And Tom, if people want to sign up to Facebook so that other companies have access to their home. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> plug in a bunch of false information and then find us at <laughs> facebook.com slash those two jerks. Make sure to click like on the page. We're trying to get to that 800 number. <laughs> but there might not be 800 I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, it's a it's a it's a total arbitrary number. But <laughs> it'll make me feel worthwhile, I suppose. <laughs> it'll, it'll fill the cavity, I guess. <laughs> Until the next thing does it. So yeah, there you go. exactly, exactly. Diminishing returns. Yeah. Anyway, you can also email us those two jerks at gmail dot com or call us and leave a voicemail. Agree with something we said? Disagree? Do you have a really good recipe for blondies? I don't know. Call us. 321-76-JERKS. 321-76-J-E-R-K-S. You can find all that information and a whole bunch more at our website, those2jerks.com. So for the Sussman, Rick Sussman, and the Vuabsent, Chris Vu, I am the Tom Alexander, and until... Marvel does a huge, massive Secret Wars crossover movie. At least until then, we'll remain <laughs> those two jerks. You hear that, people? You got four years. Get to it. <laughs> I don't even know if it's going to be that long. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>